Welcome to the Minivate Gang Podcast, episode 389. I'm Steve Borsch, and I'm on with Tim Elliott. Good morning. And Phil Wilson. Hello. How you guys doing? Good, great. Just just great. So for everybody listening, we were just yeah. talking about Star Wars Rogue One, or Rogue One Star Wars, whatever, however you pronounce it. Star Wars story. It's a yeah. Star Wars story. Yes. Yeah. And um, anyway, we were wondering uh, if in the next one... Uh, Chewbacca will look younger and have less hair because <laughs> it's I, I another prequel. Yes. It's another prequel. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not really a prequel. It's a story. So true. Well, I guess I guess it is a prequel. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think of, you're going to have, have, have a young one through three. So, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have young Lando Calrissian as well. What? Oh man! I, yeah, because he remember he he loses yeah. the Millennium Falcon in a in a uh, that's uh, right game with yeah. that with right. Han Solo. Uh, so all right. of that backstory, it's it's rich, it's rich, very nice. Wow. It is, it is. So what's happening in the uh, in the world of tech here in the the lovely Twin Cities and and surrounding Minnesota landscape? Uh, well, there's a lot going on in digital health, and, right? And I, the thing that was interesting about that is, you know, everybody's kind of been complaining for a long time in the tech space in Minnesota about how med tech seems to get uh, so much venture capital. And what's interesting is how medtech itself is not just device-centric anymore. It's starting right. to really morph into a lot of other areas, analytics and big data and wearables and telemedicine and so on. And, and um, um, it's, so the venture capital, this article talked about how investors continue to bet heavily on it um, and um, are really investing heavily in, in – um, Digital health. They've identified the five hottest areas of uh, investment this year, which are uh, genomics and gene sequencing, or is it genomics? Genomics. 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 Analytics and big data. 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 So, we, you know, still still waiting for a really good definition of big data. So It's just it's data that's yeah, just really just large. Like shitload of data. So uh, wearables and biosensing, uh, telemedicine, yep. and digital medical devices. So... Uh, you got to wonder how much of this is uh, is going to uh, pay off and how fast it'll pay off. And I guess, uh, you know, the landscape of, of the healthcare system is going to drive what kind of revenues is generated as well. So that might have an impact here. But, yeah, obviously, um, and in Minneapolis, the Twin Cities have always been leaders in med tech. So I think we have. Well, but here's the only thing that life. disturbs me a little bit. What? Is there's not a lot of focus on. Um, reducing costs or reducing steps in processes or or really driving things toward making things more efficient, even though one could argue that all these areas are all about efficiency and streamlining and so on. But but in so many ways, the all the digital health stuff seems to be additive. Um, that I, there's a lot of, well, we're going to add more value, and, and so, i.e., we're going to pay more um, for all of these new new uh, breakthroughs uh-huh. as opposed to saying you know healthcare costs overall are accelerating far past the the rate of inflation so is there a way that we can stop that or reverse that trend mm-hmm. um so you you would think that uh you know there would be some efficiencies gained and you know like what we're seeing in the the job market where, you know, whole classes of industries are being eliminated because of technology. Yeah. The same effect in, in health, but you're right. You, you really don't. 
Well, I think the goal there, I mean, from a business standpoint, the goal of replacing humans with technology is not to uh, pass the savings along to the consumer. Never has been. It's yeah. always been about trying to make more money, increase profit. So right. Right. Um, that's that's the, the difference, I think. So um, I think to change that motivation is to change the whole outlook of our, our economy. So I don't necessarily think that's realistic. Thank, uh, thanks, Debbie Downer. Well, it is my role this year. I've decided I am the dark lord. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's true. I mean that's 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 business. It's yeah, not a yeah, yeah. it's increasing profit and and um, yeah, you agree with it or not agree with it, that's what it's all about. So. Yep, yep. Well, let's talk about something more uplifting then. And and you want to you want to talk about the Seagate uh, layoffs? No. The, the, <laughs> Why don't we just get all the dark gloom and doom? Now nah, we'll get the we'll shot. we'll do a good one, then we'll do a dark one, then we'll oh, do a okay, lukewarm okay. one. Like no, but this uh, St. Paul police officer is developing an app to better handle people with autism in the field. And yeah, I, I thought this was an uplifting story. Who who put this one in? The show notes. Oh, I, I did. Think I did. Him did. But I found. I saw it I, earlier this week. Yeah, was, yeah. Well, what great, what so. grabbed you guys about the the story? I mean, other than just the human interest aspect. Well, I, I, I think well, I was. That, yeah, the the fact that somebody ahead, cares enough cares enough to try and uh, you know help overcome, um, you know, issues that that police face on a, on a regular basis. I mean, you know, I think that's great. Uh, yeah, here's a guy that obviously saw a need and wanted to fill it. So, yeah. Well, and the well, big if I thing- put my tinfoil hat on, though, it's, you know, oh, geez, you're losing you're losing personal freedom as well. But so so does the the benefit outweigh the uh, part of that. Uh, in what way are you losing personal freedom? Well, you're broadcasting personal information about you to the police. Yeah. Yeah. I, I right. see what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. So, well, and I could see that that would be, especially in these days when, unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of uh, violence um, with the police. Mm -hmm. If, if I, if, you know, one of my kids had autism or, or whatever, you know, I, I, I guess the trade-off would be worth it. Well, but here, here's the, here's the one thing that I saw with this is the fact that one of the things that law enforcement officers always complain about is the fact that, hey, we're not trained psychologists. You know, we can't we can't determine someone based on their behavior in in split seconds what's going on with them, right? And so if they had a heads up that, oh, by the way, this homeless guy yeah. has got PTSD uh, and he's a Iraq war veteran and, um, you know, he uh, has been wrestling with violence, you know, and so on then potentially going to treat him different than, you know, yeah, just some crazy homeless guy. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I think I can see, see Tim's point. It's a, it's a, it's a balance. Uh, right. You know, time you hang a label on somebody and, and yeah, you, you run that risk. So yeah, very true. Yeah, I, well, it's again, it's the yin and yang of technology and innovations, you know? Um, and, and, the fact is that, as as we I think we've discussed in the past about things like the Echo and and Siri, you know our our desire to keep things private loosens almost annually. So uh, it may not be that big of an issue for somebody younger than us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very. Very. Very true. 
<clears throat> well, um, can I can I can I report the down stuff? Can I can I huh? Can I huh? Can I? <laughs> all right, dear. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Making light of a serious situation that that Seagate again has had to shrink um, um, their job or their workforce here in the Twin Cities, um, announcing more layoffs, and uh, I'm sure it just really kind of comes down to um, less need for um, actual storage devices, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and <clears throat> I think that the Hitachi especially uh, is, you know, kind of consolidating their position in the market, especially for the uh, enterprise uh, class storage, which is, you know, increasingly moving off of spinning drives onto SSDs. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what Seagate's position with SSDs is, but well, yeah, I'm not, not either. That is strong. <clears throat> well, and, and, um, then at CES, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes to this, Kingston introduced a one, and they talked about their two terabyte, but a one terabyte thumb drive. And no hmm. pricing was discussed in the, um, in the uh, press release. But the Amazon link that I'll put in the show notes uh, has 512 gig for $280 for a thumb or- drive. Or one or, terabyte from two thousand seven hundred and thirty. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's cheap. I thought, wait a wait a minute, what? What? But of course, you know, it's only thirty four dollars in shipping. Yeah, so this it's thing like, must weigh. Wait, does this what? thing weigh a ton? Is are you getting Mars in the mail? What is there, there, this? Has got to be a mistake. But but you know, to your point though about um, uh, SSD drives, solid state drives. You know, Samsung has this little portable. Um, SSD drive, and it, on the bottom of that ad, for me anyway, says customers who bought this item also bought blah blah blah. And right. One of them is a two terabyte Samsung right T three portable SSD, and these things are I, I swear to God they're 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 smaller than a pack of cards, and uh, two terabyte for seven hundred and twenty seven dollars. Yep. And those things are screaming fast. They're great little products, and and I think well you know. How can Seagate continue to sell spinning Winchester drives? Right. Um, Obviously, they're selling less of them, and therefore they're going to be a shrinking company. Right. Yeah, they're selling. Yeah, definitely selling less of them. Right. How can you tell how big this thing is, Steve? This uh, the 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 T three the the two terabyte Samsung. Um, I'll see if I can find an article. I think it was in the Verge. It was either the Verge or Engadget had a story, and they had a guy holding one. Okay. So I. Yeah, but it's it's and was he holding it with one hand or two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was it's it's really thick. Okay. So but well, very cool. Very cool. But yeah, yeah. it's uh it's interesting. It would be interesting to find out where where Seagate is uh going in their world of of drives. Are they investing in SSD or not? Yeah, good question. So as of course as as last year, this is not a huge story by any means. But as of, as as it was last year, Best Buy came in second to Amazon as far as uh, in, the, um, in the digital online space. And what does our uh, resident retail analyst say about it? Um, I well, don't if know. you go to the original story in this the CNBC story, um, right, you'll see a, a, a chart at the very top that, that kind of shows you the the level of the problem. Which is, you know, Amazon. They they did percent of the holiday shopping digitally last this past season yeah. versus 
little under 4% for Best Buy. So, yep. you know, they're, they're, they're very far ahead of everybody else. And it's good to see Target right behind Best Buy fairly, fairly close. Right. And Walmart. So, you know, the Amazon has such a lead. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a real problem for the other guys to catch up, particularly yeah. since prime seems to be entrenched and, you know, we, we used it, we, we were buying stuff on prime, you know, yeah. a week or two before Christmas and we we're getting stuff two or three days later, you know? Yep. yep. So, but not by drone yet. I'm very disappointed by that. Not by drone. No. No so, drones. so who do you think, um, cause look, when somebody has, um, a 38% share of the holiday season market or a, such a huge share that Amazon has overall, and it's, it's not just during the, the holidays, it's, they have such a huge share. Um, who is it that's most primed to come in there and take a good whack at it? Uh, does, is it going to take somebody like a, a, you know, like a, what is it, Alibaba? And, or um, who is it in, uh, who's the big European um, online giant? I'm trying to remember. Amazon. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, so. probably. Probably. Yeah, if you're looking at China, Alibaba is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just don't see anybody catching up. I, th- I think that Best Buy is is of everybody doing the best uh, work in that area, but it's obviously they're they're you know they're not anywhere close. I'm not sure what they can do. Um, Walmart, you know, bought Jet.com, so they're actually trying to replicate Amazon. But Amazon's got so many tendrils into the customer, and you've got uh, with Prime, you've got the music thing, and you've got the video stuff. You know, there's so many other reasons. To keep prime, yeah, yeah, you could justify because what is it? Uh, it's a hundred bucks a year, or ten bucks a month, whatever it is, right? So you could right. justify the ten bucks a month just on uh, just the videos alone. Well, but you know the, right? the other so a lot thing, of people. It's very let's see, uh, let's see, Amazon used to sell something else. What else did they sell? They sold um, uh, oh yeah, books. books. <laughs> I mean, it started out. <laughs> So it started out and it was, you know, it was, what was it, 129, I think, something like that. Yeah. And it was just two day shipping. Yep. So eh, I don't buy quite as much stuff on Amazon to justify that, right? But after you add up all the other stuff on top of it, then it starts to be, uh, become a different proposition to, to the consumer. And then it's very sticky. Hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. Well, so, but you know the, so the one. The that one said, th- I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody really challenging them. Uh, Walmart's making a run at them, trying to create another Amazon-like thing. But the consumers are so entrenched into that infrastructure or that uh, ecosystem that I, I just don't see them dislodging them. Yeah. Well, and the one thing that I'll tell you about about uh, Amazon that goes way way back to um, um, you know my early days at Vignette and. The company up here, Net Perceptions, that had their recommendation engine technology mm-hmm. that we used, um, and it's you know Amazon ended up building their own from scratch, uh, you know, and that's the whole customers, you know, who bought this also bought this or looked at this mm-hmm. or you know whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you that I would say five out of ten times I'm on Amazon, there will be a recommendation that I had never heard of or considered or there'll be a deal and so the cross-selling and upselling of one's own self is pretty dramatic on amazon and i i really do believe that that's one of the things that's driving their share the only thing that i do get troubled by 
is the uh, the fake products and also these marketplace sellers that are pretty bad in many cases. Yeah, you have to you have to be very careful. very careful. Yeah, I don't buy anything that's not prime uh, fulfilled. Yeah. So. If it's not prime fulfilled, uh, they don't get a sale. I'll, I'll, I might buy from a random vendor like that, but I'll, I'll do that on eBay where I kind of know what's what to expect. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind, of, you're kind of a snob. See, sophisticated buyer. You're a prime snob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, changing uh, the subject completely, I, I thought that I would end the uh, local segment here with the. Um, with Julio's story about yes. the VR tour of the state capitol. This is pretty cool. Oh, see, now I thought it was really disappointing. Did you? I, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think everybody should go look at this. <laughs> I really do, because I, I just think it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just it's a VR tour of the of the new state capitol work. Yeah, and it's in Google Maps. So, it's, I mean, it's not one of their their big deal official VR things with which... Uh, um, you know, as a completely immersive experience, you know, I've seen those that Google's done. Um, but you know, I mean, it allows you to say, I, you know, I want to see this area and you can click on it and go view it. I just, I thought it was pretty cool. Steve. Yes. Get out of your mom's basement. Go visit the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm one of those hackers that Trump talks about. So yeah. you'll get, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah right. that's right. Wow. You'll get, you'll, you'll be able to see that in 360 degrees. Yeah, you know what I was kind of surprised by was the, the the how low the resolution is though of the uh, VR. Really, I didn't. Yeah. I just guess I didn't notice because I was so disappointed. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Phil. Oh, that's all right. It's okay. It's it's uh, you You'll know. Be okay now. God love the you know. God love the the 360 video. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of all this new tech, we've got to touch. Were we CES? Oh yeah, right. Is that, that, that's that's not quite as big this year as it was last year. Is that or is that just my perception? No, it's not as, just your well, perception. It's mine as well that there's not nearly the buzz. Yeah, um, no. this year that there has been, and, any- and hardly anything that that they they're showing here in this best of CES roundup at the PC Magazine. Uh, it's all kind of boring stuff. Yeah, it's I, iterative. I, I don't it's all iterative. It's like. Yeah, I'm going to put the Engadget uh, Best of CES Awards link in the in the show notes as well. It's a little bit better. Um, well, plus it's not inundated with ads like PC Mag is, but um, um, it's a little bit better. Kind of they go through they they do these Best of CES Awards. I don't know if these are actual physical awards or just in, you know online awards, but uh, um, there's some interesting stuff that that not necessarily covered by. Um, PC Mag, so we'll just yeah. Well, I did like this uh, this Misfit Vapor, which is their first smartwatch. It looks interesting. Looks cool. Yeah, um, it looks a little large, though. Yes, it does look a little large. I noticed a couple of those. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a woman's watch. arm that they're showing it on. I don't know, but it looks very large. Which I, I you know I don't I don't necessarily like these very these huge smartwatches. So yeah. But it's good to see there's some innovation continuing, even though that that sector seems to be in trouble. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Well, and my my most favorite thing was the uh, smart LG Smart InstaView refrigerator. Not oh, boy. oh my god, who really needs that? You didn't like buy- the drone? I thought the, the drone was cool. The except under, the underwater drone? No, no, no. The the oh, yeah, best drone, cool. the Power Vision. 
Um, the uh, yeah. well, it, it does but, look like it could fly underwater, though. Yeah, but there is a story that I did read about the the there there is a for sale consumer version of a hundred mile an hour drone. Um, and I just thought, hey, I got enough problems trying to keep track of one that's f- flying slowly. <laughs> you know, and I could just see, hey, let's see how fast it goes, and all of a sudden Man. it's out of range, gone. You know, right? So, yeah. It's like, well, another going? interesting product that, that was announced is the uh, Dish Air TV. Yeah, that is it's a very a, interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what, basically what this is is a streaming box that's for Sling, um, but it also does Netflix and, and you know, all the other suspects. Um, and it also uh, hooks up to an over-the-air antenna. So it integrates everything. The, the only thing it needs is it needs a, uh, like a DVR function. And then this would be sort of like Aereo. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Being all over the Internet, it's got a you know, presence in your home. So you know, this is an interesting uh, incremental product. And uh, we'll see. Well, the concern has always been, you know, the concern is always when you cut the cord, you lose those those local channels. And if you can integrate a uh, an antenna situation right into the box, it's not bad either. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I have to admit, though, that uh, going through and looking at some of the TV oriented uh, moves forward, like like uh, direct TV, TV now and this dish air TV and so on. And Apple is just totally gone. I mean, they're just not in the game at all. Well, there's there's Hulu's going to come out with their over the top yep. uh, service sometime in the first quarter of this year. I would expect Apple to do something. I mean, they can't just sit on the sidelines of this whole deal. I hope not. Well, when you got all the money in the world, you can pretty much do whatever you want, Tim. <laughs> it would it <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if uh, they bought Sling. You know, which would mean they would buy Dish. I don't know what they would do with the uh, the satellite part of it, but maybe operate it as a separate company like they're doing with Beats. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Right. Could be. So. So. So really, I mean, did you guys did you guys think that there was anything that was really truly a standout at CES this year? No. No. Not really. No. There was, you know, there were some more TVs. I think we. I think the the TVs are getting bigger and thinner. Uh, that was probably the 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 biggest as far as you know direct consumer sort of what would you be interested in i think tvs are always of great interest um you know things like drones are 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 hobbyists sort of or geek sort of things so um i didn't either there, there's a couple of things i think we'll talk about in our cool thing of the week that that came out at ces um but yeah. um, again I, you know and i i'm somewhat interested in uh, mesh networks now and in you know mesh doing a mesh in my home and uh, there was a um there was an Alexa compatible system that debuted at, uh, at uh, CES, but I'm still trying to figure out what I'd use Alexa for on a network. Okay. Am I not seeing, am I not seeing it right away, guys? Am I not? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of gimmicky stuff, w- of which, gimmicky. uh, CES, quite frankly, that's, that's part of the fun of it. Yep. Right. So, I wonder if the footprint of the event is as big as it, it, it it's always been. You know, how big probably it used not to be. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, too bad. well, let's let's talk. Let's talk uh, your fern, uh, your ferners. Uh, let's your ferners, <laughs> your ferners. Well, um, and then, but this is also impact of technology as yeah. well. There's a yes, couple couple stories. The 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 French workers just won the legal right 
to avoid checking work email out of hours. Right. right. And that's, um, that's, that's the effect of the smartphone. Well, it's it your is. work always follows you no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yep. uh, you know, owning, owning small businesses. I know what it's like to essentially be on 24 seven. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody emails us from Australia that they can't download a product or something and it's two in the morning and I happen to be awake. Well, I guess which what? is often I'm I sure. walk down yes. to my computer and get on and help them out. Well, that's um, yeah, but see, that's that's a little bit different. That's uh, that's that's you running your own business. Yeah, and well, that's you, where I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Exactly. When you don't sell something, you don't make money. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Whereas I think, um, I, and again, I don't know if I've ever been required by any company that I've ever worked for to say you're required to look at your email after hours. Yeah, um, but so, but maybe, what's hap- maybe that's maybe that's happening in in France. I don't know. Well, but what's happening is is um, more and more, and I won't speak of who this is specifically because uh, she's my daughter. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah. would get emails from a boss. This was when she was at a local uh, large technology re- retailer um, uh, at uh, you know six, six <laughs> oh. or seven o'clock at night, and, ex- Apple, and, ex- and expected to respond. Expected to respond. Expected to respond. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, hey, you know, you're on your email all the time. Yeah. And so she ended up going, and uh, Best Buy had a deal. Yeah, I know it was Best Buy. They had a deal where where she could buy a second phone for like next to nothing. That would be her okay. work phone. Would be like you know two dollars, and she could use it for X amount of calls personally or whatever. And so she bought the the second phone, and she said, when I drive out of the ramp, it's off. And, yeah. and, and well, everybody knew that. that. Yeah. I thought that was a smart way to do it actually. So is it, so is it, is there a, a rash of people being, a, I guess maybe there must be in French, in France, in, in French, I'm going to French, <laughs> uh, in France, um, uh, that there are companies requiring people to do that. And, uh, you know, that's going to be tough to do. I don't yeah. think that would ever fly in the U S so. right. Well, and then well, there there's a, an unwritten rule that you're sort of always on. You know what I mean? There is, yeah, unfortunately. Where it's where it culturally in in France they have they they value their their free time more than Americans do, right? So that's why it came to a head there. Got it. Well, and so I I in Google News I have a a um, a watched category for artificial intelligence, and one of the things I've been watching for is actual signs that companies are, in fact, beginning to replace workers with AI technology. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I've seen a couple that are kind of, sort of, in the right right direction. Um, but not until this article in the BBC News about a Japanese insurance firm replacing 34 staff with AI did I decide that, you know, I'm going to put this in the show notes because we, we should talk about it. But essentially what it is... It's based on IBM's Watson. Um, um, I, IBM has Watson in Japan and you know China and everywhere. I mean, they're 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 they've translated everything, and um, uh, so the AI gathers information needed for policyholder payouts, and it reads all the medical certificates and all the data on surgeries or hospital stays and all of that. And they they essentially it's basically an underwriting engine, and it's so good that. They just said we don't need the staff anymore. So how's that? Well, this actually makes sense, though, because it does. They're, they're actually replacing a a, a human calculator, if you will, because they're calculating yeah, the payouts. Right, 
Right. So this is the march of technology that's not that surprising. Yeah, because there's not a lot well, of high, yeah, the, high value work. Well, now wait a minute. Tell that's the guy that, that feeds his family on that. That uh, no, I agree. That, it's sad. That he makes. It is the way it is. Of course, it's sad. It's you it's should go back to school thinking. to learn how to make yeah. sushi. That's a short term thinking thing. Yeah, but you know, right? I, so, I, I will a, I will come back to my to my uh, great grandfather on my mom's William? side. No, great grandfather Walla. Um, right, he was a buggy uh, Oli uh, Walla. No, he owned a blacksmith shop. Oh, okay. In, oh, okay. in Benson, Minnesota, and then they got some free land up in Tioga, and they moved up to Tioga and took the family up there. And he had a blacksmith shop. Well, the blacksmith shop didn't last very long because uh, in in uh, you know nineteen o three, I think they ended up closing it down because there just simply were too many cars, and they started to morph into you know, repairing cars. Now that was smart on his part to be able to kind of morph into being a mechanic uh, and to, to have a shop because a lot of blacksmiths just simply went out of business because mm-hmm. there weren't enough horses to shod. Um, and so it's, you know, it's the same sort of thing. The only difference is it's global and it's going to happen really fast. And that I think it's, we're, we're humans are just not going to have enough time to react and that'll be the biggest issue. So, I guess no, okay, no comment so, on that. Okay. So now who's gloom and doom? I know, I know, but let's know, let's man. let's end let's end with an article that I found fa- that I found that honest to God, I just I I just laughed out loud, and it's this guy who uh, uh, writes about technology, and he wrote um, it's called my Windows Rumspringa, and I don't know what the hell Rumspringa means, but. He goes on and he's he's talking about how he uh, um, you know was using the Mac and his his iPhone and all of that and he ended up um, going to looking for alternative operating systems as a lot of technologists are doing and he he went to Windows and um, um, he talked it's just really a great article but my favorite comment in it was if Mac OS is a sterile art gallery. Windows is a carnival in an open field staffed by drunk orphans. <laughs> I just absolutely yeah. hauled at that. But you really got to read it. It's not It's not a really long read. But, um, you know, he's talking about how he misses Mac OS. And he said if Mac OS is trying very hard to hide a man behind a curtain, which they're doing with Unix, hiding right. Unix, Windows 10 is handing out, you're an Oz now, motherfucker, T-shirts. <laughs> Hit the the start button. It might be the Windows button now. I'm not sure. And a wall of animated live tiles appear alongside the names and perfectly square program icons. I mean, it's just it's just it's it's just an interesting take. Uh, And I just thought that would be a fun article to to end on before we segue into our cool thing of the week. Cool thing of the week. Tim, Tim, you you go first, buddy, because yours is a CES. All right. Adventure. This is a CES, and it's a local company too. Ooh, yes. So the the Sleep Number Three Hundred and Sixty, which is the, uh, a a newly announced, it's uh, w- uh, one of the best innovations in home appliances at CES, and it's basically a you know incremental upgrade of the Sleep Number bed, which we've had uh, we've had ours for a while. And um, it, it uh, integrates smart features like it uh, tracks your uh, sleeping. Um, it will adjust the bed to prevent things like snoring. Um, it also tries to, based on your way your 
turning, uh, try to make the bed more comfortable for you. Um, heats your feet, which apparently makes you go to sleep faster. It's oh. just a smart upgrade to their already successful and very comfortable sleep number bed series. Yep. Have you seen a, a Who knows how much this is going to be? I was going to no, say. No price, but... Y- you know, the sleep number bed is not a cheap bed. I have to tell you, it's, you know, it's uh, when we bought ours, it was uh, almost $2,000. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure this will be up in that uh, that price range, perhaps slightly higher. Well, we've had ours. We bought ours in 2000. And okay. I, I, you know, they said that, that it easily will last 20 years. And okay. and it will. Yeah, no, ours is fine. Yeah. We, we bought yeah. ours about, I think we bought ours slightly after that, but. The only downside is I like my head up a little bit, and my wife has to lay perfectly flat, and we did not buy the split. Oh, see, there's where you fell down. Well, because she goes, hey, she goes, if I want to snuggle with you, Steve, I don't want to fall between the cracks. You know, it's it's like, okay, well, (laughs) I guess we'll we'll get the flat. It does remind me of of the bed that you have in the hospital, though, with the split. Well, true, but that's the only way it can adjust to each person, though. Right. It's only yeah. split at the top, though. It's split for like three, you know, like a meter, like three feet. Right, right, right. It's just for your head. That's uh, if you start snoring, the bed senses it, and then yeah. you're, it'll elevate your head until you stop. Right. Say what? Yeah. Right. Watch the video. It's very interesting. It is. Say what? Yeah, the, this is like a dream yeah. come true for my wife. It is. Because yeah. apparently, as perfect as I am, I snore. Ooh. <laughs> I had no Occasionally. idea. No, I, it sounds like I do it all the time. So, Phil, oh, well, I'll look into it. Okay, uh, I like this one. You know what I like most? Also, about, a CES, a CES thing. But uh, what I liked about this was that it caters to something that's that is already uh, acceptable by every generation for wearing, and that is the Motive Ring. The Motive Ring is basically the Fitbit, but it fits on your finger. Uh, yeah, I think, I think this, this is, is clever. This is the way to go because, uh, you know, my my complaint with the smartwatch thing was there is there's generations, at, you know, a generation of a hat and a half at least of people that do not wear watches. They look for the, the time on their smartphone. So uh, this now gives you a, this sort of sensor, this ability to wear this and feel more comfortable in it. And it's all in a ring and it does all the same stuff. So, and it's waterproof. It's a little pricey, though. It's a two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Yeah, but, but you know the other thing. Rose gold. So but, but but most of those watch most most of these fitness watches are in that that price range. Yeah. So, true. Well, okay. It so what true. happens? What happens if you're uh, one of Donald Trump's four hundred pound hackers and you buy one of these <laughs> and you lose you know one hundred and fifty pounds and the ring doesn't fit anymore? You have to go buy another I one. I guess you have I'm to sure. buy another one. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. Well. It is a good innovation, though. All right, I, 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 think I it's must give them credit for that. I think yep. it's a. I think it's a good. It's a. Yeah, they thought through the process. You know, and obviously the tech is there now. They can make it small enough to do it. Yeah. All right, Steve. All right. So my cool thing is the Steadicam Volt. Um, you you probably know of filmmakers using the Steadicam um, for all the scenes that that you know they're following somebody through a hallway and. And, uh, you know, doing things where they're going around uh, uh, an actor, actress. And um, uh, I've looked at these gimbals. It's called a gimbal where you hold the hold it and it it stabilizes the the uh, shot. And and so it's nice and super smooth. And it's just like it's on a dolly, like it's being rolled along. And that's the beauty of a Steadicam. Well, the the gimbals that I've looked at were just kind of sort of okay. They had some limitations. 
And when Steadicam came out with a, this Steadicam Volt, it's a Kickstarter campaign. I watched the video and I also read read uh, a couple of blog posts about it, and I did it. I bought it, so I pledged my CES 2017 special of 119 dollars. Uh, really? Yeah, it's going to be a 200 dollar MSRP uh, for the for the thing when it comes out. But um, um, so yeah, it's uh, I, I I bought the thing and, and it works with any smartphone regardless of size or even if you have a case on it. And I and I thought this was really important because, you know, if you if if you know if Apple's iPhone eight does in fact come out with a larger size and I decide to get it, I don't want to buy something that's going to limit me in terms of what what phone size I can use. Um, so it was very intriguing. So do you think this? I mean, this does this does this give more credibility to the to the uh, the phone camera as production quality uh, that it really doesn't have i mean do you really need a steady cam for an iphone video it makes a huge difference i tried there there's another another model or another uh, brand of these and i'm trying to remember the name of it but i was at national camera they had their big sale and i tried one mm-hmm. and with my own phone and the the um the um video on it was just absolutely stunning now i'd like to have one of these uh, for my um, Nikon D500 and shoot video with it. But, of course, A, these are they're larger for the digital SLRs, and right. they're also like, you know, 1200 bucks. Right. <laughs> so it's exactly. like, yeah, okay, the, for the amount of time I'm going to actually probably use this, yeah. a couple hundred bucks or, you know, for me, with shipping, it's like $139. It's like, eh, whatever. It's more than price to you. Yeah. Kind of looks like a you know I don't know if uh, you remember as a kid. Kind of looks like a wrist rocket. You remember the wrist rocket? Well, I I bought a wrist rocket and I ended up uh, uh, shooting a um, your eye out. You shot your eye out. I shot a marble (laughs) into the side of our garage and put a big dent in the siding. And my dad made me take it back to the hardware store. And he called the guy too and said, "What the hell are you selling this to a ten year old kid for? (laughs) It's a weapon." He was so pissed off at me. Anyway, so it's too bad that this doesn't actually fold down into uh, something that will fit in your pocket. Yeah. Well, not quite. One hundred and nineteen dollars. One hundred and nineteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah. CES special. It is. So you're going to get one, Tim? No, I don't think so. It's okay. kind of. But I like it. Yeah, it I is like cool. it too. It is. I'll, I'll, give cool. it, I'll give you that. I'm trying to decide if I'd ever use it. Well, you know, if you're a filmmaker, I think this would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Or a, like a student, a filmmaking student. This would be perfect. Or a geek like me, and you just want to play with it. Uh, okay. See, well, got, they're at, they have 57 days to go, and they're at 76000 of a $100,000 goal. So this is going to make it. So. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Well, I bought it yesterday, and it was only they were only up to like 35000 So All right. I'm going to do it. It happened fast. Wow. Well, in terms of upcoming events, my friends, uh, we pretty much still have the same events on there. Mobile Twin Cities is coming up, and SportCon, yep. and MiniHack, DevFest, um, and uh, we'll continue the hunt for some additional uh, adventures. And um, and I bet you we'll talk about it next week on the Men of Eight Gang podcast. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>